Welcome to the Consciously Southern Podcast, your destination for everything home and garden with a focus on sustainability. And now, here's your host, Christopher Perrin. Hello and welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Consciously Southern Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Perrin, and joining us today is company founder, Alexis Flatman, our Instagram manager, Cameron Hartley, and webmaster, Taylor Stanley. How are you guys today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, we actually are going to get to talk about a fairly interesting topic, which is eco-anxiety. And I did not know eco-anxiety was a term before we started researching for this topic. And so I wanted to share with our listeners what the definition of eco-anxiety is, just so that they have a good working knowledge of the topic for today. So eco-anxiety it refers to the fear of environmental damage or ecological disaster. This sense of anxiety is largely based on the current and periodic future state of the environment and human-induced climate change. So, Lexis, what does that definition mean for you? So, what I know about eco-anxiety is that it is both a diagnosed medical condition and something that people can just in general feel. Like when you're standing in the grocery store in front of a wall of plastic and you're kind of feeling that heart pounding in your chest and you're kind of freaking out and thinking about all the trash it's creating and what can you do about it? And you just kind of have a mental breakdown for lack of a better word. So it's a very real fear and it's something that depending on how bad it is, you should probably see a therapist about because it is definitely something to talk about. Yeah, it definitely seems like it would fall in line with any of the other forms of anxiety. Um, I did not know that there was one specifically for the environment, which is very interesting and very topical because the environment seems to constantly be on the news now. So it's probably it's definitely a, a form of anxiety that's becoming more prevalent, if I had to guess. It is, especially in younger people. A lot of the sources that I read was that they just feel completely helpless about it and how to cope with that. There's a lot of sites for that. A lot of people on YouTube posting, like, here's how you can focus on the good. Yeah, and it's great that people are bringing this topic to light because if the younger generation is feeling somewhat paralyzed by the daunting task of fixing the environment, then they might not ever get to fixing it. So if we can help them now, then they can focus on every day fixing something a little different. Yeah, that's perfectly said. So um, Britt Pickering in our Owl Swap podcast actually had a similar sentiment that you shouldn't have perfection paralysis and feel like you can't do everything perfect, so I'm not going to do everything. She said just focus on one thing every day and do a little bit every day to get towards your goal of sustainability. I love that so much. I was re-listening while rewatching a podcast that I found a few years ago, Living Waste Free. And her tips for like not getting bogged down are just so inspiring because I think a lot of the negativity around zero waste and low waste is seeing the things in the small jars and not that there's anything wrong with that. That's great, but that's not attainable for everybody. Her philosophy was along the same lines you said where it's tackle one thing like look at one good thing you did like today I wound off some sewing thread off of a bigger spool onto a smaller spool so I could put it in my emergency sewing kit 
so I can rescue my clothes. I definitely have that perfection paralysis problem. So when it comes to helping the environment, I feel like if I can't do all of the things that we're supposed to do, then I can't do any of them. And that's not the right way to go about it. You should do each thing that you can do. And then when that thing becomes easier, maybe you can add another one and another one. Right. And that's the best way to think about it because I really got bogged down for a while. And if it was plastic, it wasn't coming into my life. Like I freaked out. And I don't mean like a little bit. I mean like massive breakdown at a grocery store freak out because I just did not want to create that extra waste. But now I'm like, okay, let's be realistic. We're in the middle of a pandemic. And sometimes you have to have things in plastic. And there's so many renewable options coming out and it's so exciting. And like, I try to focus on the good things happening. I feel like when it comes to being environmentally conscious, sometimes people forget that our ambitions haven't caught up with our reality. So the world we live in isn't designed for us to be environmentally conscious as much as we should. So you're always fighting against a system that's making it difficult. And so you shouldn't be discouraged and just be aware that it's difficult because it's difficult. (laughs) Yeah, not every choice can be made. So like, for example, I could buy rice in a plastic bag or I could buy it in bulk. But if I'm a college student and I'm broke and that's a dollar more to buy it in bulk, I'm probably going to buy it in plastic. There are so many factors that inhibit people from being environmentally conscious. And then they, that probably adds to their anxiety because they feel like I should be able to do this, but I can't. Exactly. So now that we have a good understanding of what eco-anxiety is, Cameron, what are a couple of causes maybe you've experienced in your life that create eco-anxiety? I guess for me, it's, Like, just bringing in, like, maybe unnecessary plastic, like a plastic water bottle or um, shopping bags. Like, every time I have something that I know is, like, a one-use plastic, I beat myself up for it. I'm like, you know, you're ruining the environment with this. Like, and then I'm like, you're an awful person for this. And then I I have to remind myself, like, I can't control everything and just because I'm using a plastic water bottle, like, maybe a few times, I can't, like, I can't act like I'm the one responsible for climate change, and... You're a <laughs> terrible person, Cameron, for using those one-off <laughs> bottles. I know. <laughs> think of the dolphins, Cameron. <laughs> and also, I think maybe what causes it is when you realize the lifestyle you lived before, you kind of went to a more sustainable yes. one. And then having to kind of give up certain conveniences, like a plastic water bottle. It's so easy. You grab it, you use it, and then, you know, you're done with it. Whereas, like, when you use a cup, you have to go down, fill it up, all that stuff. So it's like you definitely have to give up things to be more environmentally conscious. And that's and that's hard for people to do sometimes, you know? And I completely understand that because it's still hard for me sometimes. Like, I, I'm almost positive <laughs> I'm dehydrated almost all the time now because I'm switching (laughs) to a cup of water as to a plastic bottle. So that's definitely something I'm struggling with right now. You bring up a great point that sometimes it's difficult for people to change their routines to fit in these new environmentally responsible activities. 
And the first thing that came to mind was imagine you're a single mother, two kids, cooking dinner. You probably use paper plates so you don't have to do dishes. And <laughs> Hold on, do you is... live in my house? Oh my God. <laughs> 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 you literally just described my mother to a T. Oh my God. Yeah, it must be a see. It must yeah. be a common thing then. So, going to them and saying, "Hey, you know, we know you're working really hard, but we're going to need you to get rid of those paper plates yeah, and like, do more dishes." I'm not going to tell just, my mom like, "Hey, really? hey, I know you're working <laughs> today, but go wash those dishes instead of using that paper plate, woman." You know, like <laughs> that's awful. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bash her for something when she's already doing so much. Which ties it right back into the system yeah. makes it difficult. For us to yeah. live the way we should. Cameron, I think you made a really important important point there as far as don't bash people when they're trying to do better. Mm-hmm. We have compostable plates now. Have you seen the price of them though? Because <laughs> they're like four times the cost of paper plates. And it's awesome that there are these alternatives coming out, but when they're unattainable for people, we can't just mm-hmm. be like, you're not doing good enough. Instead, well, you used a reusable bottle today. Good job. Little changes make big differences. And that's a quote from somewhere, and I don't remember. (laughs) So, Taylor, what uh, things do you feel can cause eco-anxiety? So, I would have to piggyback off Cameron and say the lifestyle I used to live in regards to how I try to live now. I used to not care about littering. I would just throw anything out the window or wherever. And now it's like my pet peeve. And if I see anybody doing it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, blasphemy against the earth. Like, <laughs> So that's my biggest thing. And even I walk down like my street or my mother's street and I pick up trash. Like it's that bad. Like it makes me want to just cringe. Or if I see my brothers doing it, I just scold them and just like, you're you're getting Mm -hmm. out of my car (laughs) that's good you got to create some social accountability for them do you ever have people look at you funny when you're picking up trash on the road because people look at me like what are you doing all the time (laughs) and i just wave i've done it i've done that in the parking lot at ksu and like the parking deck and i just went around picked up a whole bunch of things that people had left behind after game day and of course, it was really early in the morning, and people were just like, what are you doing? Well, I have these extra bags, so I'm not touching it with my hands, and I'm taking it to the recycling bin. People get so confused. They're like, why are you picking up the trash? <laughs> I just threw it there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, I just put it there. Why are you moving it? <laughs> like, it, it doesn't disappear when it's on the ground. We don't live in magic world right that would be awesome but we don't it seems like there's a divergence in thought here where there are people who have eco anxiety and then people who completely don't yeah. <laughs> and i think that's changing now or at least according yeah, to the studies it, i was reading I, it's definitely becoming more socially acceptable to be eco-friendly you used to be the country yeah. granola hippie if you were eco-conscious now it's becoming more mainstream okay that's how consciously southern started was i was <laughs> being compared to a hippie um, i was a modern hippie and 
Taylor actually helped inspire the idea behind Consciously Southern, fun fact, because we were talking after class one day and he's like, why don't you have a blog? Like, I can specifically remember that conversation. And Taylor, you were just looking at me like I was absolutely crazy for not having a platform. Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We've had so many conversations. I mean, that's what inspired it. And it was like, it turned into a school project and it just kind of took off from there. But like that moment of I could put something out in a way that was not completely crunchy Mm -hmm. hippie, but hippie um, where it's not about being perfect. Having that encouraging platform to go off of where people with ego anxiety, like when I got really bad, living waste free was there. Unfortunately, she's not making content at the moment, but when she was, I was able to go on her videos and look and be like, Oh, I feel better now. So having somebody to go to and be like, I messed up and they're like, it's okay. It is okay. It's always okay. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes, I it was in the movie, uh, The Most Magnificent Marigold Hotel. And he said, um, everything will be all right in the end. If it's not all right, it's not the end. So that's my favorite quote. I love that's a good that. One. Now that we've kind of shared about what eco-anxiety is and what are some of the causes, we've somewhat touched on different anxieties that we have, but maybe if we could go around and share one or two that maybe we haven't mentioned. So, Cameron, I'll start with you this time. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're all thinking. (laughs) Wait, no, Chris, we haven't heard from you. What causes you anxiety? Oh, throwing the tables on me there. All right. Or changing the tables there (laughs) on me. So I would say my anxiety would be little things. Like you mentioned with the water bottle, I was actually throwing a water bottle away this morning. And I'm like, gosh, that's a really nice plastic water bottle. I should use that more than once. Um, but it didn't have like a cap you could screw off or anything. It was sort of attached. So it was definitely a one-time thing. And that drove me nuts. And then uh, the thing that probably gives me the most anxiety is the rabbit hole you can go down. So we mentioned earlier, don't use paper plates. Maybe wash dishes and wash them. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do that. But then I'm like, I need an all-natural dish soap because that would be harming the environment. And then I go on from there, how much electricity am I using doing this? How much water am I using doing this? So it gets me in this paralyzed state where nothing I do is going to be good enough. So that would be probably my biggest thing. I have some facts about that, by the way. So if you're washing dishes, use your dishwasher. Don't wash them by hand. It actually uses less water when you do that. And there are... What about using the dryer? Dryer. Should we turn like the dry setting off to save electricity? I haven't looked at that one yet, but even still, the amount of water basically kind of makes up for that. If you can stop it at the dry cycle and just let it air dry, that's your choice, I think. Okay. But you're doing maybe not the best thing, but you're doing a better thing. And there are actually a lot of biodegradable slopes out there. They're very easy to find. I'll have to go look for some of those. If you have some, then maybe we could post them in one of our I, blogs so our listeners can join. With I me. have found some for hand washing. I haven't looked quite yet for any um, for dishwashers because where I live usually doesn't have a dishwasher, which is fine. We just hand wash. So yeah. 
that's doing Ooh. better, not best, and that's okay. That seems to be the theme of today's podcast is being the best isn't always the best option. Sometimes doing what you can is like best. That's kind exactly, of the theme of the whole brand, you know? Just be the best you. Yeah. It really is. Cameron, uh, what are some things that okay. cause you eco-anxiety? So something I haven't mentioned is even uh, like when I am recycling stuff, I still get this fear of like, oh God, what if this actually is just like going to the trash can? Because um, I've seen those posts on social media where they show that the um, recycling bin and the trash can are like in the same compartment. So it's like, even though you're throwing something in the recycling, the recycling bin, it's not actually the recycling bin. It's just the trash can. And there's, um, I think even my mom's caught the um, trash guy putting the recyclable, like the recyclable stuff, like in the normal trash thing. So it's like every time I think I, I'm doing good, I'm still like, well, you know, it's out of my control if this actually gets recycled or not. And that just stresses me out because I'm like, well, what's even the point? Like, I know, like, if this thing is even a little dirty, they're going to throw it out. It's just, it's stressful because I'm like, if it's not clean, they're going to throw it out. And even if it is clean, are they still going to throw it out? Like, that's something, um, I know you have to do a lot of research to know which areas in your location are actually going to recycle what needs to be recycled. If you really want to know, depending on where you're at, go and look at your waste management facility, like call them and ask. And they have policies on their websites. Mm -hmm. So... That's a good place to look, but another place to look is it, how are businesses in bigger areas doing it? Because businesses don't want waste. Like, they don't want to send things to landfill either because that's money. So they send it to recycling instead. Oh, so who are they using? Yeah, there's a pretty common misconception for a lot of businesses and I mean, we are all in school for business, so that's one of the things I like to pay attention to when we're doing, like, case studies and research papers is I like to see where their trash goes. <laughs> so <laughs> how are they handling it? And a lot of them don't want trash. Their goal is to have nothing left. Like, nothing goes to landfill. And oh, I think that's a common thing that people are like, well, they're a big business, so they must be creating a lot of trash. Well, they're trying not to. They're they're trying to do the same thing everybody else is. On that topic, I actually was watching a documentary on Rivian, which is a new electric vehicle company. They're actually supplying uh, the platforms for Amazon delivery trucks and a bunch of other companies, which is cool. But they had a series on the pallets that they use for their parts in their factory and when they ship them around. They actually... Um, take water bottles out of the ocean and plastic and turn that plastic into their pallets and then they have this machine that can take the pallet and return it back into I guess melted plastic and then reform something else so they take plastic out of the ocean and then they constantly reuse it. Plastic. So Taylor what are some forms of eco-anxiety for you? I would have to say when I first started recycling and even conversations with Lexi, I realized I wasn't recycling properly. And I'm thinking I'm doing a good job just throwing my trash and not my trash, but my water bottles and to the recycling bin. 
And then she was telling me about these companies that actually try their best at recycling. I think it was waste. TerraCycle. Okay, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) TerraCycle and waste Waste management. In our area, yeah, in our area, waste management is one of the ones that do the best job. And then also, (laughs) what confuses me sometimes is when I go to recycle and they have several different recycling bins and I'm like where does this item go and if they don't have any labels or pictures and I'm just like okay I think this is the right one or I and then if you get Mm -hmm. it wrong they have to throw away the whole batch that made it even worse thank you (laughs) I didn't know that so uh Fun fact, in Germany, they actually teach small children how to recycle even the complicated things, like it is part of the school curriculum, because they have a different recycling Mm -hmm. system there. So where we are adults, and we're like, wait a minute, what's (laughs) going on? These small children in Germany can do it. Which gives me hope, because that tells me I can do it too. (laughs) So I actually, I stayed in a um, apartment in Venice for about a week. So we had to take the trash out and everything like you were living there. And they are so particular about their trash in Venice. One, because there's nowhere really for it to go. Someone has to walk around and get it all. And two, they have, um, they had three different tiny trash cans. Like we have a mm-hmm. trash can in the U.S. and it's probably about like four feet high. <laughs> and their trash cans were like maybe a foot under their sink and all of them had different color bags and so like if you put the wrong trash in the wrong color bag and put it in the wrong trash can you got fined so they were very serious about it there it was kind of neat and the guy though walks around with the trash because there's stairs he has like this seesaw thing so he seesaws the trash can up the stairs and downstairs it's really cool i think i did actually i'll have to try to find (laughs) us so now that we've discussed what our eco-anxieties are what are some tips you guys have for coping with eco-anxiety? Be kind Let's to yourself. Say. It's okay. That's like, a good one. Better is fine. Like, you don't have to do the best at everything. There's a quote that goes around the zero waste community, but essentially it's, so we don't need 100 people doing zero waste perfectly. We need everybody to be making an effort and trying. So anything you can do is better than nothing and just be like, yeah, I did that. I did good. And then continue on with your day because like, you made a difference somewhere. Like I didn't know I made a difference for Taylor until he told me to start Consciously Southern. So Taylor, what's your advice for eco-anxiety? I like, this, I like the one that you said, don't be too hard on yourself. I had to adjust to that one because I would take it pretty hard when I was when I would mess up or I would think like hey I could have did better but um knowing what you're doing helps how about you Cameron what are some ways that you for cope me with, uh, I like to think of instead of oh what am I wasting I like to think what have I like what have I not used because I made just one switch like re um reusing those uh grocery bags I love those and I like every time I use one, I think, wow, I saved a plastic bag. Ah, 
I saved a plastic bag today. I'm so, look at me go. You know, I just like to pat myself on the back for the little things. Even if it is literally the littlest thing, it's something, you know? So for me, I would probably say the best way to cope would be just to realize that your anxiety is only there because you're thinking about the issue. And if you weren't thinking about the issue, you wouldn't be anxious. So maybe calm down and focus on the issue that's clearly important to you. I wanna thank everybody for joining us today on Consciously Southern. I hope we've shed a little bit of light on what eco-anxiety is and maybe helped a few of our listeners through their struggles with it. We hope that you take a moment to be conscious about the environment and do one thing every day to help not only the environment, but to put your fellow citizens who do have eco-anxiety, give them a little bit of peace. So thank you, Taylor, Alexis, and Cameron for joining us today. And thank you as always to our listeners for joining us.